I'm a much more romantic person, you know. I I like relationships. I like going deep with a person. Welcome to See Africa, Breathe Africa, a weekly podcast for those who are interested in traveling responsibly and having fun doing it. The hosts, Joe Kahiri, an Afrofusion musician in Uganda, and Miha Logar, a tour consultant in Rwanda, are this time discussing the impact of the duration of your stay. They're helped by Marcus Westberg, a Swedish wildlife photographer. See Africa, breathe Africa. If you listen to the mountains, and if you listen to the hills, if you listen to the rivers, you can see Africa, breathe Africa, see Africa, yeah. Yeah, le, 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 le. See Africa, breathe Africa, see Africa, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the third season of Sea Africa, Breathe Africa. This time we are doing it a little bit differently. To make sure that our podcast runs as smoothly as possible, we need to make a sacrifice. And that sacrifice is the sacrifice of the guitar and everything else that made my co-host Kahiri a little bit too busy for the show to be at its best. Instead of that, we now have some little new jingle music that you have already heard. But still, at the end of the day, what matters is the content. And the culprit is here next to me, and I'm just passing the microphone to him. Ahiri, hi, is this going to be easier on you? Hey, Miha, thanks a lot for that wonderful introduction. Some things are a necessary sacrifice, but we're glad to be here with a season yeah and what matters kahiri is your wisdom and your fantastic contributions so kahiri we love you even without the guitar and also it'll be escorted with other music in the background later on it's just an introduction okay so your guitar is still going to be playing gently in the background yeah playing gently in the background i mean our listeners <laughs> you need to accept that Tonight we have a very interesting topic about what it feels like to have a tourist who comes to stay in the area, forge relationships in the area, understand the people and basically see the place, breathe the place, and a tourist who just comes through, you know. Miha, I would like I, I would like for you to open the discussion because you had a very strong opinion as to how the amount of time you spend in an area affects whether somebody is a responsible tourist or not. And so let's start right there. I definitely want to first emphasize that I'm not trying to judge anybody. I have myself done tourism of that kind. You go, do things quickly, and you're gone. I'm just saying that if you are interested in doing tourism responsibly, that the duration of your stay might affect that. That would be like the soft take. The hard take, the let's say, the provocative take is that I am as a tourism professional in a region that is defined by the mountain gorilla. 
of course, a little bit fed up with the whole emphasis on these fantastic animals that many times forgets everything else. And I've spent quite a number of years attempting to convince people to also give other aspects of the region a chance. So that particular experience, or let's say my personal interest in cultural dimensions of a country, definitely plays a role in how I see what responsible tourism could be. But if we are talking about flying to a different part of the world, then another element comes in, and that's simply the unfortunate effect that our flying is going to have on the planet. So I'm thinking if you're making the long trek, the long flight to the heart of Africa, why not give it some good time? Like, why come for two nights? Miha, you had a very interesting name for that uh, primate, primate parachuters. Huh? I, I wrote a blog post with that in the title, but I think that more juicy name for that kind of doing tourism was a one-night stand. A one-night stand. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, if, you, if you were to compare tourism with uh, being in a relationship, if the place that you're going to visit would be your love interest, um, you have a place that you live. You have a place that you're already dedicated to. You're just going to see this place for a little while, enjoy it for a little while. In essence, you are just going to have a fling. Marcus. But there's a difference between a one-night stand and, let's say, a summer romance. And so rather than have five one-night stands in different countries, why not go and have like a slightly deeper romance for a little while, even though you know that you're leaving and going back home? That would be what, morally better? No, but you, you would just you would most likely get more out of it than just the sex. In, instead of flying in and out of five different countries on one trip or three different countries, you know, you fly into, let's say, um, Entebbe and then travel by road. Go to Queen Elizabeth, go to Windy, do whatever, you know, but you stay you stay in that region for the duration of the trip and then you fly out from Kigali as opposed to flying into Kigali for one night, do, you know, guerrilla trekking in the morning and then you go back to Kigali and then you fly to Nairobi um, and then on to wherever else you're, you're going. So just kind of winding it down a little bit and exploring the area. Then do another trip to Kenya the next time that you're going and spend three weeks there. My view is that if you're going to spend three weeks or going to spend one day, you're still going to take that flight. So that impact is still going to be made on the planet, regardless of how many days or nights or weeks or months you're going to spend. And also because we're talking about extents here, I mean, can you say, okay, so one month is good enough or how, how long is good enough? Um, a year? Somebody can come to a place and spend a year there, but have a negative impact on the place. Somebody can come to a place and spend a night there or two nights and have a positive impact on the place. According to me, it's what you do in the area, how you treat the people, what you contribute while you're there. Let's assume you're at a conference in Kampala, Uganda or Kigali, Rwanda. You have a couple of days and off you go to the gorillas. That, to me, is very different to country hopping that many to tourists do when they basically decide to do Africa at once, all the countries, <laughs> a dozen of, of them, 
and they fly from one to another for short experiences everywhere. That is the concept that I have a conceptual problem with. So if you are flying to a continent, why not try to experience a segment of Africa a little bit deeper instead of trying to take every attraction that exists south of the Sahara? Yeah, I mean, look, we're talking about how people would choose to spend their one week or 10 days or two weeks. You know, the argument about, well, if you're going to fly over, then it doesn't really matter how long you stay and, and what you do, because adding more flights, of course, does make a difference. Even if that wasn't the case, even if you are looking at, you know, whether you spend two days or two weeks, you know, we, on the one hand, like we've already acknowledged, you know, flying is a, a greenhouse gas emitter, and that's something to be aware of. On the other hand, we can't look at that in isolation. And I mean, I've, I've written several articles about this, kind of defending tourism in Africa specifically, uh, despite the greenhouse gas emission. And the reason is that depending on how you spend your time, there is every chance that you can have a net positive effect, maybe not on greenhouse gas emissions, but conservation across much of Africa would not exist if it wasn't for tourism. I mean, the, the gorillas are a great example of that, but, but it's not the only example. And I would even say, as a destination, like, our region can be interesting to somebody who's never been to Africa because at a very small place, you can basically get almost everything you could ever imagine. You have lions an hour and a half away from the gorilla. So why would you fly somewhere else if you can just drive to the next destination within the same country, maybe cross a border once? You know, my view of responsible tourism is, is kind of a combination. I mean, what you want to do is you want to try to minimize the bad, right? And that does mean it, you know, better to take one flight than to take six flights in the space of 10 days and maximize the good. And that obviously is in part up to the tourist, but it's also in part up to the operators on the ground. You know, you, you kind of, how, how are the dollars being spent once somebody is with you? Can you spread out the income to communities who might otherwise cut down the forest for wood, for firewood or for, for charcoal to sell? You know, in that, if, if that's something you're doing, then you're having a positive impact. And yes, absolutely, it's not necessarily that somebody who's staying for longer will do more of that than someone who's staying for shorter. But the same person coming into the country um, or into a region, obviously, if that person is spending a longer period of time rather than leaving after two days, then there are more opportunities. Um, I mean, that person will spend more money than that same person would do going to only one thing. Do you remember Harold Goodwin talking on our show and saying that responsible means different things in different countries that, and that in French it sounds almost you're like responsible, like guilty of something. But what he has been advocating, and I find it very powerful, is this whole idea that being responsible means critically assessing your impact. That doesn't mean that you can't have fun, but if you ask me, I enjoy something much more if I know that my presence somewhere, that my way of enjoying it doesn't negatively impact the very place that I'm enjoying. That to me is like that essence of responsible tourism, not being serious about it, but 
taking your fun seriously. You know, and, and I think quite the opposite of feeling guilty about it. I mean, there have been many studies showing that tourists and guests, that, especially in wildlife tourism, um, enjoy their experiences much more knowing that they are contributing in a positive way. In the comments to the article, I found it quite interesting when one of our readers said, I don't want to be told what to do. I think that the role we are playing is to just making people think about possibilities once they know about them. That is the furthest I would go. So that people know that there is a valid consideration in terms of spending a couple of weeks in the transboundary region. My interpretation of that comment was basically, hey, I don't want anyone to make me feel bad about my choices. And that I just don't agree with. I think we absolutely should be able to, not not in the same sort of shaming someone, but some choices are clearly better for the planet than others or for local um, communities or for the environment or whatever it might be. Yes, you can still make your own choices, but sometimes we, we don't want to hear things because we kind of know we're not making the most responsible choices and it's just not nice to have to face up to that. And, and I agree with you. I think, so now we, we seem to have kind of shifted from when you travel to a place and spend a little time, it's like a one night stand and we're saying it's not the one night stand that matters it's the quality of the of the time that you have there or but you know if if you have five one night stands in a row in different countries then you, you know you you might be sharing things with the fifth one that you weren't planning to and that 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 one person is not aware of so there are disadvantages to this thank you so much marcus always a pleasure having you with us would you like to learn more and go deeper? Follow us on Apple Podcasts by pressing the plus button at the top. Or on Spotify, you should simply tap follow under the podcast title. Ariakwanga, Yamanga, Runyasi, Gwanga, Rutaji, Gwamina, Yuera, Ram.